Peter was staring down at the motor, his fists clenched at his hips as if he were getting ready to challenge it to a fight. You better get royal, she said. Peter looked at his mother, then toward the top of the hill. He put his open hands to the sides of his mouth and yelled, Royal! There was no answer. Peter called again and started up the slope, bending into the high grass. Around the side of the house came a young man, a boy, really, tall and skinny, an old stained gray fedora shading his pale face. His loose chinos were held up by brown suspenders, and he was wearing an unironed white shirt with sleeves that came to about three inches above his wrist bones. It was Royal Provo, the extra help she'd taken on. But with the hat, the suspenders, the shirt, and the pants, he could have been one of the hired hands Grady'd seen in photographs taken during threshing time, long before she had come to live on the farm. A photograph taken when oats were still grown, and wheat. The current teenage dress code required that everything look discarded, preferably by someone a different size, as if everyone between the ages of twelve and twenty wanted to disclaim vanity and assert independence from the tyrannies of exact measurement. Royal Provo, apparently, was no exception. Royal was Peter's friend. They'd met about two months ago, when Peter had worked after school at the checkout counter of the Dawson Mall Grand Union. Royal had been a full-time cashier, and Peter had bagged groceries for him. When Grady announced the return to the farm, Peter proposed that Royal come along to live there, to help, since Anne would be away most of the summer working as a swimming instructor again at Camp Kennedy. Grady did not think so. There was no extra money to pay a hired hand, and she didn't want to take on the burden of another human being in her life. But Royal was not really a cashier, Peter explained. He was a mechanic. He knew all about motors. Grady began to be interested. Her interest, however, faltered again when Peter, overplaying his hand, mentioned that his friend had recently been sent out into the world from what was locally called The Home, an industrial school for orphans, that he lived alone in a rooming house on Larkin Street, and that he was very quiet. To Grady, Royal sounded far too frail, far too waif-like. But Peter had the good sense to repeat his praise for Royal's genius as a mechanic. Grady knew that the first thing a farmer should be was his own mechanic. If he couldn't take care of and repair his own machinery, he was at the mercy of charlatans and incompetence, to say nothing of delays. For want of a tightened bolt, a baler was lost. For want of a baler, a day was lost. For want of a day, right on to a lost crop, a foreclosed farm, and a ruined life, probably unto the third generation.